Welcome to the Spiritual Advantage Podcast, where we discuss how to make a maximum impact with our lives by fulfilling our divine dreams with divine favor, like the great men and women of faith throughout history. I'm Sam Stone, the Light Keeper. You are the light of the world, and I am the keeper. No pun intended. Let's begin. Recently, I started reading the Gulag Archipelago, the life inside the communist concentration camps in Russia, written by the Nobel Prize laureate Alexander Solzhenitsyn. He said, one man who stopped lying could bring down a tyranny. That stimulated my thoughts significantly because it's so true. We have seen these people in our recent history, such as Nelson Mandela, Mahatma Gandhi, and Aung San Suu Kyi, even though Burma regressed. Solzhenitsyn himself triggered the collapse of the Soviet Union with his book. It doesn't have to be about bringing down a government, but any form of tyranny. Martin Luther King Jr. toppled the tyranny against civil rights. Abraham Lincoln toppled the tyranny of slavery. He achieved it through honesty and integrity. So people called him Honest Abe. I read some Psalms lately that depict we live in a world of liars. At first, I thought that sounded too cynical, but as I observed people around me, I discovered almost everyone lies. The longer they talk, the more lies they speak. Some tend to talk boldly and intimidatingly to cover up their deceit. A Burmese proverb says, without lies, words are not smooth. It means your words sound crude or boring without lies. You need a little lie to season your words to make it sound refined. In English, we have white lies. These traditions hint at permission to lie. But gradually, it becomes a habit, and we cross the fine line between what's acceptable and what's not. I remember I felt particularly irritated when my children lied to me. Guess who they learned from? Then I reflected on my words and found I tell no fewer lies than anyone else. You would expect someone in my position should tell fewer lies, if not none. It reminds me of Paul saying he was the chief of all sinners. Like Paul, I am the chief of all liars. Confession is the starting point of the road to recovery. Now I'm a recovering liar. It all begins with discovering the statement by Solzhenitsyn. One man who stopped lying could bring down a tyranny. Honest people are intimidating to tyrants. That's why they imprison or eliminate them. Tyranny is sustained by people who join the lie for survival. If stopping lying can make you so powerful, what does it take to stop lying? Solzhenitsyn received his enlightenment in the concentration camp, where starvation was one of the systematic tortures. Maybe the fasting state raised his consciousness. Similarly, Viktor Frankl also received his wisdom in the concentration camp and wrote his seminal work, Men's Search for Meaning. Some of you know I've been fasting for Lent, and I can see that fasting is like a self-imposed concentration camp. I hope some good can come out of it for me instead of starving to death. 
Let me tell you a 2,500 years old story. Yan Wei, one of Confucius' favorite students, came to him and said, "Master, I come to say goodbye." The master asked, "Where are you going?" Yan Wei replied, "I'm going to Wei, the neighboring country. You know, Wei is ruled by a young tyrant who frequently kills his citizens on a whim. Even the rivers are running red." By his bloodshed, Master, you told me a doctor is most useful in places with serious diseases. So I'm going to wait to serve as an advisor to the king to persuade him to stop killing. Confucius said, "The tyrant will behead you as soon as you tell him he is wrong. That's highly risky. Since you have decided to go, you must have already devised some strategies." Tell me how you are going to accomplish it," Yang Hui said. "Master, I will go there and seek a job as the king's consultant, and befriend him. Then I would gently advise him, like a friend, to stop his murderous actions." Confucius said, "It won't work. Haven't you read about those renowned historical sages beheaded by the tyrants for advising them? Are you smarter than them?" Tyrants hate anyone who opposes their will. I'm sure you will die soon after entering the palace. Yang Wei said, "How about this? I will become a history teacher at the palace, and indirectly show the king the short shelf life of the tyrants in history books. Then, if he should blame, he will blame the books instead of me." Confucius said, "It won't work. Tyrants can easily smell your motives." And kill the messenger before destroying the message. Yang Hui presented a long list of strategies and schemes to Confucius, but the master refuted them one by one. Yang Hui became frustrated and asked, "Master, what should I do then? I do want to save the lives of the suffering people in that country." Confucius said, "Go home and fast. Then I will tell you what to do." Yang Hui went and suddenly turned around and asked, "Master, you know my family is poor. We hardly eat meat or drink wine. We usually eat vegetarian. Aren't we already fasting?" Confucius said, "No, that's ritual fast. I'm talking about mindful fast." Yang Hui went home and fasted. After some days, he returned to Confucius, saying, "Master, before I fasted." I was full of myself, but after many days of fasting, I noticed I have lost my ego. Confucius said, "Now you can go to advise the king. Make sure you follow the direction of the Holy Spirit." End of story. This story reveals that you cannot topple tyranny with manipulation and deception. Confucius taught Yang Wei to improve his honesty and integrity before trying to persuade the tyrant. It also reveals providence goes with honesty. King David said, "You desire truth in the inward being; therefore, teach me wisdom in my secret heart." Psalm fifty-one six. God teaches you wisdom secretly when you are honest to the core. That's what in spirit and truth means, as we discussed last week. How can we reach that stage of total honesty and pure in heart? The good news is, in today's scripture lesson, Jesus gives a step-by-step -step process to attain it. 
It is also a blueprint to topple tyranny. Whatever tyranny you want to topple, physical or moral, corporate tyranny or ideological tyranny, let's begin. Hi, in case you don't know me, I'm Sam Stone, the light keeper. You are the light of the world and I'm the keeper. No pun intended. It's my calling to help you shine your brightest so that God is glorified in you and you are satisfied in God. The scripture lesson for today is from the gospel according to Matthew chapter 5 verses 1 to 12. Listen to the word of the Lord. When Jesus saw the crowds, he went up the mountain and after he sat down, his disciples came to him. Then he began to speak and taught them saying, Bless are the poor in spirit, for there is the kingdom of heaven. Bless are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Bless are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Bless are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Bless are the merciful, for they will receive mercy. Bless are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for there is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven. For in the same way, they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Matthew 5, 1 to 12. Blessed are those who delight in God's word. Thanks be to God. From the outset of his ministry, Jesus laid out a plan to topple the tyranny locally and globally. His disciples were considering an armed insurrection against the government. Instead, Jesus tried to develop honest disciples and show them how they could topple tyranny without armed forces. Using our recent metamorphosis metaphor, we might say caterpillars symbolizes creepy liars and butterflies are honest people. In this passage, Jesus taught eight stages of spiritual metamorphosis, and each stage is a blessing. Let's get right into it. Number one, consciousness and confession. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for there is the kingdom of heaven. Poor in spirit means a lack of the fruit of the spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, generosity, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. These are signs of honesty, and that's why the Bible says there's no law against such things. Galatians 5, 22 and 23. To begin our metamorphosis from creepy liars to honest butterflies, we first need to realize we are creepy liars. It's a big step, but it's also a blessing to realize and be able to confess your sin. As Reformed Presbyterians, we begin our worship with a prayer of confession for this very reason. Jesus says, the kingdom of heaven belongs to those who confess. It's like the kingdom of butterflies is for the caterpillars that confess. Number two, abandonment. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Consciousness is not enough. You must abandon the creepy caterpillar life in the cocoon, like a funeral of your ego. You lost a comfortable life 
crawling and eating the leaves, destroying the vegetation. But you will be comforted to know that you will soon become a beautiful butterfly that propagates the vegetations by pollinating plants. What a contrast! The death of the creepy ego is worth it. Number three, rebirth. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. After abandoning your old life, you are reborn from the cocoon as a meek and humble infant. Spiritually speaking, of course, we know infants do nothing, but they attract love and care from adults. Innocence attracts providence. That's why you inherit the earth and have abundance. Like King David said, "The Lord is my shepherd; I shall not want." Number four, edification. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Verse six. Like a growing infant, you begin to be hungry and thirsty for righteousness, which is a mature form of innocence and honesty. Edification is for nourishing your spirit to gain wisdom, just as education is for nurturing your mind to gain knowledge. Those who thirst and hunger for righteousness will be filled because God has given us the Bible for our edification. It also involves worship, Bible study, personal devotion, etc., that quenches your thirst and fills your hunger for spiritual growth. Number five, forbearance. Blessed are the merciful, for they will receive mercy. Verse seven. One of the most important lessons to learn in life is to practice mercy, which includes forbearance and forgiveness. God forgives you, but if you don't forgive others, God's forgiveness is incomplete. You must complete the circle by extending your forgiveness. Jesus has taught this quantum paradox repeatedly. If you don't forgive the liars, you might retaliate with lies. Then you lose your newborn state of innocence and honesty. Your metamorphosis will stall. I call it forbearance because it encompasses both mercy and forgiveness. It's a form of tolerance. Between exercising abandonment of the ego, forgiving, and being forgiven, you attain a purity of heart, total honesty. Leading to the next most important stage, number six, refinement or righteousness. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Verse eight. At this stage, you reach the ultimate honesty, symbolized by a pure heart. The result is you will see God. How do you see God if God is spirit, as Jesus says? Spirit doesn't have a form. It means you see providence because providence is evidence of God's presence with you. As King David wrote, "You desire truth in the inward being; therefore, teach me wisdom in my secret heart." Psalm fifty-one six. When God teaches you wisdom secretly, you realize God appears to you. After committing myself to the self-imposed concentration camp of fasting, I've delivered sermons above and beyond my own wisdom. Many people have given me stunning feedback. Those are not my work. These messages are downloaded from the head office above. I've learned to condition myself to receive it. 
For me, that is seeing God. It's both shocking and humbling. Shosenitsyn said, Bless you, prison. Bless you for being in my life. For there, lying upon the rotting prison straw, I came to realize that the object of life is not prosperity, as we are made to believe, but the maturity of the human soul. It sounds like a butterfly thanking the cocoon. Without this stage, your social justice attempts is like a castle built on the sand. For example, communism is a social justice movement, but it replaces a tyranny with a worse tyranny. It collapses like a castle on the sand. But after this stage, you are ready to topple the tyranny because you have providence. Number seven, enlightenment. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Verse 9. At this stage, you become a peacemaker, making the world better like a butterfly pollinating the flowers. You can topple tyranny without guns and cannons. That's social justice done right. Because that's what Jesus did. But the tyranny will continue to crumble after your sacrifice. Jesus was crucified, but tyranny got hurt. That's a profound scenario. Jesus was crucified, but was he hurt? No. The creepy culture got hurt. Satan got hurt. Enlightenment has double meaning, receiving light or giving light. You shine brightest when you are honest. That's why Jesus said the tyrannical culture will hate you but God would recognize you as his children because you behave like his son. Lastly, number eight, endurance. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for there is the kingdom of heaven. Verse 10, you must prepare for this because tyranny hates honesty. They will persecute you to turn off your light, but you must develop endurance to handle the adversity. This stage is so vital that Jesus uses two additional verses to reinforce it. He said, blessed are you when people revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Verse 11, hating you equals hating Jesus because you are his disciple, toppling tyranny his way using his peaceful, subversive movement. It hurts them at the core, but their attempt to silence you goes on Jesus' account. So don't take it personally and give in. Then Jesus shows us how to endure it. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven. For in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Verse 12. The secret is rejoice. Don't lose your sense of humor or get discouraged. Jesus gives us two reasons to rejoice. First, your reward is great in heaven. It means you're fulfilling a higher purpose of toppling tyranny. That's more rewarding than kowtowing to the tyrant. You are saving many lives. Another reason is to remember that the persecution is not new. They did the same to the prophets before you. Martin Luther King Jr. was murdered. Abraham Lincoln was assassinated. Joan of Arc was burned at the stake. 
It's a long list going back to the Old Testament. A prophet is someone who sent the message of God's justice to tyranny and those who are complacent under tyranny. The prophets are the honest Abes. Abe can be a woman's name too. You should rejoice because you are in the heroic community of the prophets. You have joined the communion of saints. You are part of the spiritual Mensa society. With those in mind, endure the temporal ordeal with joy because it means tyranny is hurting due to your honesty. They are collapsing. Notice these eight steps form an acrostic carefree. C-E-R-E-F-R-E-E. I made it easy for you and me to remember because this is so important. Each time I review these eight steps, more wisdom reveals. In his very first sermon, Jesus laid out this blueprint to topple tyranny, which is probably why Jesus talked in cryptic language to prevent getting arrested prematurely. This is not just a blueprint for physical and mental tyrannies, but especially for spiritual tyranny, namely Satan. The rest of Jesus' teaching is the fulfillment of this blueprint. Now, let me encourage you with what we started. One man who stopped lying could bring down a tyranny. It takes only one person. It could be you if you take these steps. There are many tyrannies we need to take down, social or moral, corporate or ideological. The world needs you. Our world will never be the same if every one of us becomes an honest Abe. So let's achieve it together. That's it for today. I hope you find this message illuminating as much as I enjoy receiving it from the head office. Until we meet again, Keep your light shining brighter and broader and harvest the fruit of profound freedom and purpose and happiness. Amen. Bye now. Thank you for listening. If you would like to maximize your life and leadership by unlocking your spiritual advantage, please feel free to direct message me on Twitter at Samuel Stone or visit SamuelStone.com. I'm looking forward to talking with you. See you on the next episode. Bye now.